Welcome to the WP Tonic Podcast, brought to you by WPTonic.com, a WordPress maintenance and support service for business owners. We talk to the leaders in WordPress, business, and online marketing communities, bringing you insights on how to grow your business and achieve success. Welcome back, folks. This is our Wednesday interview show. It's episode 242. I think that's quite an achievement in his own right, really. Um, and we've got a fantastic guest on the show. I've, I've been wanting him to come on the show for quite a while, actually. And he agreed. He's a really busy man. And it's Scott Bollinger. Um, would like to introduce yourself, Scott. Yeah, I'm excited to meet the, the guests, the exciting guests that you have today, too, because I'm not that exciting. But um, <laughs> thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, so... I think today we're going to be talking about the WordPress product market. Um, you know, I, my name's Scott. I work on AppPressor and Hollerbox, and um, I write articles sometimes. Yeah, I think you're, you're, you're like most really um, very um, excellent entrepreneurs and just really interesting people who underestimate yourself a little bit, Scott. <laughs> um, I think Scott's been one of the more... To say he's been one of the more interesting WordPress developers and entrepreneurs is um, a slight understatement. But um, let's just let's get right into it. So, like I was saying before we went live, um, Scott, um, which I really meant um, at Presser, I thought was just an amazing product, and it's it's I'm trying to struggle for the right word here. It's scope. It's ambition. Um, I think really drove WordPress to another level in in just its ambition. What what led you to? Because you're the joint um, founder. What led you and your other joint founders to um, develop the product and you know go for it basically? Yeah. So um, at, at the time, I was kind of looking for a new project to start and went to WordCamp US and heard. Uh, actually, at the time, it was WordCamp San Francisco. And I heard Matt Mullenweg talking about WordPress moving to be more of an app platform. And, um, you know, I don't think he was talking specifically about mobile apps, but that's kind of in my mind what I thought of was mobile apps. And I, on the plane ride home, I was just, I, I had thought of a bunch of different ideas for different things I could do. And I was just kind of like, eh, this one's okay, this one's okay. But then I thought like, like mobile apps for WordPress, like that's a cool idea. And I, so I was like, okay, that's what I'm going to do. And, um, so ended up just going home and kind of started tinkering with some stuff and, you know, getting kind of a, a really, really rough um, sort of concept together and then, you know, approached some partners and joined up with, uh, you know, Brad, Brian, Lisa from WebDev Studios and we kind of got to work on it. A great team, um, got a great reputation in the WordPress ecosystem. So how to how much... Um, was their help really necessary to get this moving into actual commercial product? Um, well, it was great. I mean, we kind of worked together and built the initial product, which was an interesting journey because we had no idea how it would work because we wanted to, you know, have a plug-in that, um, for example, shows a, a button for the, the native device camera. So when you click a, a button, in, you know, on a WordPress page, it'll open up the native device camera. And then 
um, you know, eventually we got to the point where we could actually upload the image to the WordPress media gallery and, you know, having no prior mobile app development experience, we had no idea how that would work. And um, actually the way that we built the initial product was very different from uh, how most people were building mobile apps at the time. And <clears throat> so it was an interesting journey and, <clears throat> excuse me, and, and we kind of, each feature was like that. It was like, okay, now we have to figure out geolocation. Now we have to figure out, um, you know, like push notifications. That was a big one. We're like, we have no idea how this works. So, all right, let's figure it out. So how do we like send a push notification from a plugin? Um, and like when it, when it worked, we we're just like, oh crap, it works. And so multiple points along the way, I was like, I don't know if this is gonna happen because if we can't make these features work, then we don't have a product. And then when we finally had something uh, with a bunch of features that we could submit to the app store, it was like, well, if Apple rejects our app for some reason, because they don't like that we're doing it with WordPress or something, then we don't have a product. And so when Apple um, accepted our app, our very first app in the app store, we were just ecstatic because we're like, okay, now we have a product and let's, you know, package it up and, and sell it. And that's what we did. And this was um, this was before the restless API, really, or or the restless it? API. I like that. I like that name. Yeah, um, yeah. The, rest the restless. Huh? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I like that better than REST API, actually. Um, yeah, that was before the REST API, and I think you know when version one of the REST API came out, we were you know one of the first people to start jumping on and, and working on it, and you know using it in apps and stuff. So that was that was exciting, and and now of course the version two of the API is integrated into our our newest version of our product, um, which we love. So, but yeah, I mean things were there was a lot of a lot of things were different four years ago, to say the least. Because um, so you basically you had the technical challenges, and then you got all the business side as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean the. The interesting part about the business side was I feel like because our idea was it was different than what other people were doing, um, we got a lot of interest in it. And yeah. um, so we didn't have to do a whole lot of marketing or anything like that it, because so many people were interested in it that when we launched, we already had, you know, an audience and then e e people signed up for our email list to be, an, uh, you know, to be notified when we launched. And then when we launched, a lot of people wrote articles about us and linked to us and things like that. And um, there was just kind of a lot of buzz. <clears throat> so um, I think that that's not normal. You know, I've, I've launched other products and it's, it's, it's very abnormal to have something that people are so excited about that they kind of uh, come to see it without you do really doing anything except telling people about it. So that was kind of a cool experience to see what it's like to have an idea that people get really excited about without you having to kind of shove it down their throats with marketing. Oh, there's just two comments there. Um, first of all, you know, obviously that, that I totally see that. That's fantastic, isn't it? But then converting those to actual paid um, clients, paid users of the product might be a different story. And, um, so I want to ask you that. But secondly, um, did you get a few people that you trusted that just went up to you, Scott, and say, well, this is great stuff, Scott, but you're bonkers. This is so ambitious. You know, Scott, you've lost the plot a little bit. Yeah, um, not, not really. I mean, um, you know, we've, 
I mean, at the time, one thing is like, we kind of thought we were like the first people to be doing this type of thing, but really people have been making mobile apps and integrate with WordPress for a long time. Um, we, are, we did it in a very different way um, that I think was unique, but yeah, there were people that kind of said, Hey Scott, like you're not the first person to do this. Like we've been doing this for a while, like just, but just for clients or whatever. Um, not in the way we were doing it, but like, you know, apps for churches that integrate with WordPress or whatever. Um, but nobody was really telling me like, no, it's a bad idea. Um, you're crazy. It's, it, it was more just people were excited to see it. They're like, when can I see it? And um, as you mentioned, I mean, turning, you know, converting people into paying users. I mean, we didn't have any problem with that either. We, mm -hmm. we had a very, very successful, you know, first month, um, which I, I also think is very abnormal um, because in other products I've launched and, and talking to my friends who've launched, uh, you know, products that have since become very successful, it's usually a pretty slow build. Um, and, and, you know, like two years in, you kind of hit a point where you're starting to grow quickly. But for us, it, um, you know, right from the beginning, we made a lot of sales. Um, mm -hmm. And so, you know, that, that was pretty fun. Do you mind me asking, if you don't divulge it, I totally understand, how many users, active users, have you got at the present moment? Um, I don't have an exact number, um, but, you know, it's over a thousand for sure. Oh. Um. Fantastic. So um, you've written some, um, you know, you went to e-commerce um, our convention and um, you said you were sli slightly going to word this cor correctly. You were slightly um, surprised that WordPress wasn't part. You didn't, I think the word didn't you used is that WordPress wasn't mentioned by any of the other delegates once in the couple of days plus you were there. And um, it was a bit of a wake up for you. And then you've written another article talking about the ego system in general when it comes to fit commercial themes and plugins um would you like to um broader that out a little bit so you got as any additional thoughts about those couple of articles that you've written recently uh yeah so i mean those are two two different subjects i think but so the the first one is a post i wrote called perspective on wordpress on on my blog on scottbollinger.com and it's if you're not familiar with it it was i, I went to a like a marketing conference that was mostly focused around, you know, marketing and everybody there was using Shopify basically and, and am selling on Amazon and Shopify. And, you know, nobody even like said the word WordPress or WooCommerce um, and WooCommerce is, uh, you know, the largest uh, e-commerce platform on the web, like by a lot, it's way bigger than Shopify in terms of number of stores. So I just thought that was really strange. Um, and, you know, a lot of people commented on it and it was, I don't know. I just thought it was interesting for me to kind of get an outside perspective that even though we kind of in the WordPress world think that, uh, you know, WordPress is like 27% of the internet or whatever, like everybody knows about it or everybody should know about it and care about it. Um, that's really just not the case. No, not at all. Um, you have you any additional thoughts? You know, it's, it's been the weeks just fly past, don't they, Scott? And so have you reflected back about some of the things you said in that article and why you think WordPress wasn't mentioned at all at the conference? Um, yeah, I think it's because if you are a non-technical person, I mean, WordPress is just not the best way to get started. 
And um, WordPress is more for like developers and agencies building sites for clients. And um, it's not always the case. I mean, I definitely had some exchanges with Matt Mullenweg about this and he, you know, obviously disagrees. But um, if you are someone who's non-technical and you need to go set up a WordPress site, especially a self-hosted one, it's incredibly difficult. And even if we, uh, you know, even if we look at Shopify versus WordPress.com, um, I think that there's still a lot of difficulty even just using the WordPress platform on WordPress.com. Like uh, my wife and I did a, a travel blog a while ago, a few years ago when we, when we did some traveling. And I mean, she had trouble even just like kind of creating a post and, and making it look the way that she wanted it to look. And she didn't like it. She didn't want to use WordPress for it. She uses she's a teacher and now she uses like Google sites or something like that just because it's so incredibly easy. So um, I think a lot of people kind of feel the same way. I mean, if you're, if you're, if you're setting up something for a client and then you can kind of teach them what they need to do and you set that up for them, I think that's where WordPress really shines. But if you're someone who is non-technical and you just want to sell something online, then Shopify is a much better way to start. Um, it's not as flexible. You know, there's definitely pros and cons to each approach. Maybe you'll outgrow the Shopify store. You can't customize it as much as you want, things like that. But for someone to just kind of get started and start selling something without any technical experience, I mean, a platform like Shopify is, is leagues beyond where WooCommerce is right now. So I know WooCommerce is moving in the direction of make, being easier. I just came back from WooConf. And um, they're, they're definitely working hard on like the user experience and the onboarding process and things like that. Um, and I think that it's getting better and it will continue to get better. But uh, the, the difficult part about WordPress is it's, um, there's like these siloed areas of improvement where you can, you can make the post editor better with like Gutenberg and you can make the WooCommerce onboarding experience better just through their plugin. But that doesn't, make WordPress easy to use because there's still, you still have to go to a different place to edit your widgets. Like what, if you're a non-technical user and you look at your website and you're like, I see a sidebar. I just want to like put a, I want to put an ad in that sidebar. How do I do it? Well, now you have to tell them, okay, you have to log into your site and you have to go not to the page that you're trying to edit that has the sidebar, but you have to go to the widget area. And then you have to look in, in, not the secondary widget area, the primary widget area, and then you have to open a widget and then you have to figure out how to edit that widget. Like that's, that's ridiculously complicated to just put like an ad in a sidebar on a page, you know? So it's, it's kind of this, it's this problem that we have with just the way WordPress is made. And I'm not saying that it's bad that WordPress is that way or that or that anybody did anything wrong in the way that they built it. I'm just saying this is where we're at with the platform and it is not easier for non-technical people to do to use and it's not going to get there anytime soon with just siloed areas of improvement. But I again, I don't I don't want to say that people working to make WordPress easier like the core team and Gutenberg and all that kind of stuff. I'm not saying that they're doing a bad job or anything like that. Um, I think they're doing a great job and we're moving towards something that's that's getting better iteratively which is great, but it just is not going to be anywhere near Shopify type of experience or Squarespace type of experience anytime soon. Um, but I will also say a caveat to that is that there, there are lots of things that WordPress has that Squarespace and Shopify don't have. Like they, the plugin ecosystem and the, 
the amount of customizations you can make and things like that. And the fact that it's open source and you're not stuck on their platform. I mean, those are all great things. Oh, uh, uh, as you as you were saying that these are all things I've been saying on our on our round table show, Scott. But um, nobody listens to me. But, um, <laughs> uh, but hopefully, I listen to you. Um, I, I totally agree. Your analysis of the situation, I think, it's totally spot on. We're going to go for our break, folks, and we're going to come back and we'll delve some more in, it, in this great conversation with Scott. And we'll be back in a few moments, folks. Do you want to spend more time making money online? Then use WP Tonic as your trusted WordPress developer partner. They will keep your WordPress website secure and up to date so you can concentrate on the things that make you money. Examples of WP Tonic's client services are landing pages, page layouts, widgets, updates, and modifications. WP Tonic is well known and trusted in the WordPress community. They stand behind their work with full, no question asked, 30 day money back guarantee. So don't delay. Sign up with WP Tonic today. That's wp-tonic.com just like the podcast we're coming back folks i've really enjoyed the conversation with scott so far um he's been saying some things that i totally agree i haven't disagreed with anything scott said so (laughs) far Uh, um like you say, I, I think your analysis of the present situation with the interface and um, the frustration that new users can have with WordPress is is totally spot on. But um, and I agree, it's not going to be fixed overnight. But I think the good news is that none of these problems that um, you mentioned can't be fixed though um i i think they're all um improvements that we will see and it's a fast moving area isn't it scott mm-hmm. yeah i mean I, I a lot of these problems can be solved with just better onboarding and maybe like front end editing i mean that if you can edit all that stuff on the front end you don't have to go over to the widget area just to tweak something in the sidebar and you know i mean <laughs> It's all, it's all solvable. The, the difficult part with WordPress is it all has to be backwards compatible and there's so many sites using it. It's really difficult to make big sweeping changes. And that's why platforms like Shopify and Squarespace that where they can start somewhere that, well, first of all, they're, it's a hosted platform. So it's kind of comparing apples and oranges, but um, that they can kind of, they don't need to worry about all these problems that we have to worry about. Um, and, you know, like I mentioned in my article, um, even though I'm comparing self-hosted WordPress to, to, to hosted platforms, it, it is apples and oranges, but at the same time, the end consumer doesn't care. They, they, don't, they don't care that they're going to be stuck on a proprietary platform. They don't think about that. If they do think about that, they wouldn't even be going to those platforms. You know, they'll, they'll hire a developer to pay for WordPress or they'll, they'll tinker around with it themselves. But the thing is, if you just want to, uh, like the people at this conference that I was talking about, if you're just like, I want to start making money selling, you know, bacon on a subscription. Like I met a guy who sells bacon. Um, he goes and sources like these really good bacon locally and he sells it in like subscription based product where he sends people like packages of bacon every month. And he's not a web developer and he doesn't want to mess around with the tech. He just wants to sell the bacon. And so um, if you were to, you know, <laughs> I just want to sell the bacon. <laughs> yeah. He wants to make bacon. He wants to sell it. He wants to bring it home, you know, all that stuff. So, um, so if he just wants to be like, I just want to sell my bacon, 
it, I, you know, if he were to ask me, Hey Scott, what should I, what, what should I do for my website? I'm not going to tell him, go like, go buy a domain, go to like a hosting platform and set up a host, go install 20 different plugins, go configure your taxes and your shipping and all that kind of stuff in WooCommerce, get a theme, like, you know, all, all this kind of stuff. I, that's ridiculous to, you know, so I would just tell him, no, just go, go pay Shopify, you know, just, and start selling literally tomorrow, you know? So it's like, it's really hard to compete with that. Well, no, it would be, you know, you, you need to prove the concept that there's a market and there's some interest in your bacon. Uh, um, yeah. To start off with, there's a lot of business issues and um, that you've got to deal with an initial um, startup situation. So the last thing you need is to get yourself in the trenches with WooCommerce, really. Um, but at the right moment, um, it's the right choice at the right moment, isn't it, Scott? Um, so on to your second article. Um, I just want to, um, which I agreed with and, you know, it's a consequence of a, of a maturing market, isn't it? I think that was the key thing that you were pointing out, you know, what, what was appropriate four or five years ago, um, isn't particularly going to work for you in five years now in now basically but um I, I think i just wanted to put this to you i think there's also some other problems about the relationship between free and premier um between um how people have been using the theme depository and the plugin depository and around security issues and I f I feel that they that um, there should be a subdirectory where you know if you want to offer a free plugin, you be in the free direct directory. If it's a paid one, you be put in a separate area, and you have to meet some um, some coding standards. Some and obviously we have that at the present moment, but they're all volunteers and they do the best they can. But if you, if if a plugin or a theme producer had to pay um, to have the thing checked over, meet certain standards, then they would get a sticker, which was say approved by WordPress or whatever wording you want. Do you see as that? Am I rambling, um, Scott, or do, can you see any logic where I'm going with this? So, are you saying you would have a you want to add a premium? plugin and theme directory to wordpress.org. Yes. Yeah. With, with, yeah. Um, I would love that personally. Um, you know, I think, um, I think Matt is really resistant to that. Why? Why Scott? Why? Um, I don't, you would have to ask him. I, I don't know exactly. Um, All he's, right. he's real big into just open source free stuff. And, um, I, I mean, he's, he sells stuff himself. Yeah. You know? Um, I don't, I don't know exactly why you have to ask him, um, but, but I think it's a great idea personally. Yeah. Because I, I, um, free is fine to a certain degree, but people got to make a living, haven't they? And, um, they've got to make money so they can invest in other products and for the whole ecosystem to be successful, doesn't it, Scott? So, 
um, there's nothing wrong in making a living and a profit, is there? Yeah. And I mean, you can do upsell upsells in your theme and plugin. So it's, it's not like it's completely, uh, they're not completely against making money. Um, which I think is good. You know, a lot of people make a lot of money with upsells or with just a free core plugin, like, you know, WooCommerce, for example, they're making tons of money and that their core plugin is free. Or there's, there's people who make, you know, 30 grand a month from their upsell theme, having, you know, a light version in the directory and then upselling people to the premium one. Um, but yeah, I, I think just a, a straight premium only directory would be really nice for people because it could be vetted and, um, you know, marketplaces like Code Canyon and, and ThemeForce that do this now are obviously very popular. Um, but, you know, it's the, the stuff that they're selling there is questionable as to whether that's actually good for WordPress. If you ask any plugin or theme developer, mostly plugin developer about their support issues, um, many of their support issues come from the products that are purchased on Envato marketplaces. Yes. <clears throat> you know, I mean, if, if, if WordPress.org had a directory that was, that they held to a higher standard, then that could be really good for the WordPress ecosystem. Yeah, that, that's the whole reason why I, I consistently bring it up because I, I see it as a win-win for everybody. And um, I'm, but like you say, um, and you dealt with it very tactfully, uh, Scott. I will have to get back on when I inquisitate him on um, why he has this issue. I'm sure he has very logical reasons. Um, why he's not too keen on it, but um, it'd be a great discussion. Um, so basically, how do you see your own, your own um, app press moving on? Um, have you got any um, upcoming updates or have you got a, a do you medium term ambitions where you're going to be taking the platform and the, the plugin? Um, right now, we're just kind of focusing on AppPressor 3, which is what we released earlier this year. So, you know, it's not the new platform's not even a year old yet. Mm -hmm. So uh, we kind of moved to a software as service model with, we still have plugins and a theme that integrate the WordPress features, but we have a cloud-based app builder, which is a much better experience for our customers because they don't have to you know, be trying to put together an app in their WordPress admin mixed up with their site and everything. It, it was, um, you know, not ideal to have it that way. So with the cloud-based app builder, now we can do things like host push notifications for people to make it easier. Uh, it's a lot more, a better experience for them to actually build the app. And so we're, we're just kind of working on that, you know, iterating on the platform, making it better where we can. Another, another, reflection i want to give you um when i was more active in doing actual um websites um you know as having clients um you had a lot of people say well i don't need a website i just need an app and no they, they needed a website and at some stage maybe an app they seem to be a lot of that conversation. Do you think that's clarified a little bit about more with as time has passed about when an app is, when you need an app and when you really need a website and the difference between the two really? 
Yeah, um, we don't have a whole lot of people coming to us to build just an app. But there are the occasional um, few, but usually it's people who have a website and they're saying, you know, I want an app that integrates with my website, and that way, you know, we can send our customers push notifications and they can, you know, have our app uh, to sort of stay up on, you know, things that are happening. Um, you know, a, a good example of this would be. At, like at WooConf, I was, I was at WooConf and uh, not saying anything bad about them, but they didn't have an app and I wish that they did. And the reason why is because um, we were supposed to go to the website to check the schedule and then we were supposed to be in like a Slack community with different channels to be checking for announcements and um, like interacting with other people at the conference and things like that. And then there's also like Twitter hashtags and, and things like that. And I just found it like a very disjointed experience and I had a difficult time keeping up with what was happening at the conference. So if they had an app where it was like the most recent schedule, they could send push notifications when there was like a major change or, or a big announcement, something like that. Um, I thought it would have been really great for them to have that. Um, so that's kind of the, the, the niche that we're trying to fill is, you know, WooConf needs a website, but they, um, you know, events like that um, are, would also be really well served having an app that does kind of the, the things that I described. Well, I think we're going to wrap it up for the actual podcast part of the show, but we're going to be continued. Um, Scott's been generous with his time and say so continue the discussion which you'll be able to see on the WP Tonic website in the next couple of days. Um, so we're going to wrap it up for the podcast. So, Scott, how can people get to know more about what you are up to and about the products which you're involved in? Uh, best place would be on my uh, website, scottbollinger.com. And you can also find me on Twitter under the same thing, at scottbollinger. Oh, thanks, Scott. Um, really enjoyed the discussion. I think in half hour we've we've covered some territory, haven't we? Yeah. We have really. You've dealt with my questions very uh, logically and delicately as well. It's much appreciated, Scott. Um, folks, um, like I say, um, on Wednesdays we have our interviews. And on Friday, we have our roundtables where we have a, <coughs> a great panel, WordPress junkies and experts, and it's just a really great laugh. Um, like I say, um, you'll be able to see both um, the interview that on our Facebook page um, live at 9am Pacific Standard Time every Wednesday. And on Friday, we start a little bit earlier, 8.30 Pacific Standard Time. Um, and you can watch that on the W. P tonic facebook page as well if you really want to support the show please leave us a review on itunes it really does help the show and if you've got anybody that you want to be interviewed come on matt please come on the show i love to inquisitate you slightly uh, um, um or any topic you like us to cover just email me at jonathan at wp tonic.com and we'll get on it or just leave a comment on the on the um, WP Tonic website. That's less, I've been rambling a bit, haven't I, folks? But there's a lot to get through. But we'll see you next week where we have another great WordPress interview. See you next week, folks. Bye. Thanks for listening to WP Tonic, the podcast that gives you a spoonful of WordPress medicine twice a week.